welcome, welcome everyone to Take 86. It is an I it is an IMDB Sweet 250 week this week. We are going through movies 215 through 211. Um I, they were all basically like one word titles except for one and I was so obsessed with that for the whole time. So, we'll talk about those five movies, but before that, We've got a couple pieces of huge movie news that have happened over the last couple weeks that we haven't been able to touch on, and it is your boy Sweet Cakes, and it's TC. Who do we got on the other end? We Who got we got we got TC. It is Take eighty six. We are geared up. We are ready, man. Good to hear your voice, Keeks. Always, always it, a pleasure. I mean, I hear your it voice. It always feels too long. You know, it does. I always hear your voice throughout the week because we started, uh, we discovered audio messages, which is kind of fun. Well, I it's mean, great. we've always known about it, but we've actually are starting to utilize it, which is very handy. Yeah, it's handy, but I I do like I do like a nice little handwritten, you know, nice little text message because then you can keep it and you can go back and reference old text messages. You, you can still keep the audio messages, but it's not as useful. Yeah, it's like it's a, kind of a bummer. It's like a journal. Everyone loves a good journal. Oh, the thing, shoot, dude, that's a great comparison. The thing about journal is it's not fun to write in, but man, it is a blast to look back in. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's how many consistent journals have you kept that were not like forced upon you in school? Um, well, obviously, throughout the mission, I had a journal, and then I've I've kind of oh, did, yeah. I've kind of done some journal writing afterwards. Oh, so. okay, yeah. So here's here's your friendly endorsement to all our sweets to to journal write. You're in there. Uh, this, I don't know where we're going. Especially with everything going on, I don't know how much more time we have left. So. uh Get those get those memories down on pen and paper. Sure. So, how are you doing, by the way? I don't feel you know. I'm how's everything? I'm great. Excited for the summer. Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. How are How are you? How are you doing over there in Arkansas? Um, Arkansas is very chill, very quiet. Um, yesterday was a beautiful day, so we just took a random drive, kind of drove Ooh. to the lake. Arkansas Ooh. is really weird because you're in like kind of like suburb city and you drive like five miles away and you're like in the middle of the forest. Oh, oh, very weird. But the natural state, baby, you know, just, it gives you all sorts of hidden gems. Well, we love a good hidden it's gem. It's also the gem state. And uh, this is not a hidden, <laughs> this is not a hidden gem. This is a very visible, apparent gem. We are getting Raising Canes folks in Utah. Everyone, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I love Raising Canes, but once you have it close to you, Loses a bit of the mystique. Sure. But I think that's with everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I you know, And that's why I'm so glad Wingstop, one of my favorite restaurants, is over there in West Jordan. Because oh. because I, I, I have you know, I haven't been in months. Wait, West Valley? No, no, West Jordan, oh, Wingstop. Oh, Wingstop, okay. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. yeah. Kane's is going to West Valley. Yes, yes. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, Keeks. I lo- Wingstop is the movie tradition. Yes, oh, staple. Staple movie tradition. And... Yeah, I'm doing well. Take 85 was a lot of fun to get Tanner on, talk Space Jam, talk Michael Jordan, talk The Last Dance. Um, I'm getting geared up for Goonies Day, which is June 7th, correct? Yeah, I think it's next Sunday. Cool. Yeah, love that. Maybe we can do a little sweet streaming Goonies Day. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's still streaming on Amazon Prime. Yeah, oh, I love Goonies. I mean, it was free to watch there. Man. Who knows? Yeah. Um, um, also, I, I think this... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What? No, I just want to say HBO Max Keeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, let's pull on Audible right now and talk about HBO Max. 
How great is HBO okay, Max? Okay, let me just go off, because I watched a couple go. of these movies for IMDb. Whoa, I, HBO's Max user interface is beautiful. There, I said it. <laughs> it's <laughs> Hulu has existed for, I feel like, seven years, and their user interface is from, like, 1996. Go to the Space Jam website that still exists, and that's a better UI than Hulu's is. Yeah, no, yeah, no. The HBO Max user interface, man, the UI is great. It is like, it's got the purple and black. It's super easy to navigate, and it just feels inviting. So HBO oh, and Max. And the curated segments where you, if you're like, I kind of want to watch an old movie, bam, you go to the TCM curated playlist where a lot of these movies we'll talk about are available. Yeah. Ben Hur, The Passion of um, Joan of Arc. Yeah, yeah, and a bunch of others that like we already ha- the four hundred blows is on there, which um, you don't have to go watch, but it's there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, man. You're curious. HBO Max is fourteen ninety nine a month, and if it's mm-hmm. one streaming service that I recommend right now, I'm gonna have to say HBO Max. I love Netflix, I love Hulu, but HBO yeah. Max. If you are a movie guru, there's a lot of great movies on HBO Max, and not to mention TV shows from HBO now. You, you do have to say this, HBO, because it's it's not a platform that necessarily like censors itself. So you're going to get a lot of really rough content in some of these HBO TV shows. But um, another option, if you don't like that and you want to kind of censor your uh, material, which I, I am not really for. I think you should just watch it if you want to watch it. VidAngel can work with HBO Max to take out maybe the sexuality or the nudity that you don't like. Um, the Wire is on HBO Max. The Sopranos, Chernobyl. which TC is a homer for. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Cancel Hulu and uh, get HBO Max. It's only like six bucks more. Yeah, I didn't know that about... And infinitely uh, better. I didn't know that about VidAngel can work with HBO Max like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's well, great. We, I mean, we used it with HBO Now, and HBO Now is now HBO Max, and that's how we watched Game of Thrones. Gotcha. Cool, so. cool. Love that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well... I am ready to start diving in. That's your, that's your free advertisement, HBO Max. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, I've already convinced like two people to like get the free trial, and they're already saying, "Yeah, oh, Fresh Prince is on there. Friends is on there. Um, uh, Sesame Street. Wow. Yeah. If you Bob have kids, Burgers on there. <laughs> <laughs> if you have kids, um, make sure they don't accidentally click on like, uh, I don't know, um. Uh, Game of Thrones or The Wire, but they at least have Sesame Street. Sure. Um, so yeah, HBO Max, check it out. Free week trial. Uh, you'll want to keep it for longer. That's my opinion. Oh yeah. Now, moving on to another piece of movie news, really, really quick, is now actually coming to HBO Max, so that's perfect, is for years after Justice League came out in 2017, people have been calling for the Snyder Cut. It's getting released. What do we think about the Snyder Cut? So... Snyder Cut. <laughs> I mean, what exactly is the Snyder Cut? Is it just essentially the the parts of the movie that he wanted in there, Zack Snyder? Okay, so this is the story around the, uh, yeah, around open, the Zack Snyder Cut. Open this Snyder can of cut. worms for not only just me, our sweets, because... All the sweets. Yeah, I want to know about the Snyder Cut, because I felt like Justice League had legs, and boy, it flopped. Oh, it was like my second most anticipated movie of 2017, behind The sure. Last Jedi. Which, sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're both... Maybe not as they don't 
reach the expectations that maybe you had for him. But what happened with Justice League is initially Zack Snyder had a vision for this movie. The movie was going to be about three, three and a half hours long. Oh, my god! And he was working on the movie. Um, sources say that he was about 30% done with the film when an unexpected family tragedy occurred with his daughter. Um, I d- um, I don't know if people really talk about it. You can Google what happened. It's a very sore subject, but a horrible tragedy in his family, which caused him to walk away from the project. And I don't blame him. Wow. I think if something like that so unexpected happens in your family, you've got to take time to grieve. I think that's important. So Joss Whedon came in, did a bunch of reshoots, did a bunch of recut, and essentially um, made a totally different movie. Uh, Zack Snyder has been quoted in saying that we only saw about a quarter of what he intended us to see in Warner Brothers version of Justice League. And since then, he's kind of teased little aspects of the Snyder Cut. And what I think is unfair is he kind of led people on to believing that it was finished, which now that they've announced the Snyder Cut officially, they're still going to have to invest $30 million in into the movie to actually finish the Snyder Cut. They don't know whether it will be like a full, like three hour, three and a half hour movie, or if they're going to do like a mini series event for it of like four to six parts. Um, but for you, TC, and for all the suites out there, is this something that would attract you to subscribe to HBO Max? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see the Snyder Cut to see what he wanted to put in and what he intended uh, for example like i love love lord of the rings the extended edition i can't watch the theatrical release i feel like the extended edition makes it a bit more cohesive it, mm-hmm. it puts things in there and so that's kind of how i view the snyder cut it's like it's an extended edition and that's really interesting and that's uh, that's sad because i don't blame him with you know what he's going through with his daughter so yeah i i think it would be uh cool for it to be released and Interesting to see what it looks like on screen with the Snyder Cut. So kudos. This is kudos to them. This is what I say they do. Okay. I say release it as a four to six part miniseries. That way, because if you release it as a movie, people can get the seven week download or the seven day download free trial and watch the movie and not use it again. But if they do the miniseries, they release one episode a week week of the Snyder Cut. You have to have HBO Max for at least a month. And if they're getting a bunch of new subscribers for $14.99 in a month, month and a half, two months, you've essentially paid for that $30 million of, of, uh, of reshoots. Yeah. And let me just tell you this, $14.99 to watch a version of Justice League without that horrible nightmare alley mustache CGI'd out Superman is well worth the money. How, how horrible is that? Oh, you're ga- uh, oh, your gagging face. <laughs> Oh gosh, dude! Do you remember that first scene in the theater with like the the, the, the iPhone camera on Superman? It is just so, weird, quivery lip. It's so bad. It's so bad. No, I think it'll be I great. Mean, I, I agree. I think release as a mini part series. Give the people something to look forward to each Sunday. That's what I loved about mm-hmm. Chernobyl. They did a five. It was a five episode mini series, and they released it oh, once a week. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's smart. Go for it, and that would be. That helped pay for the funds of that. And I think a lot of people will be like, yeah, $14.99 for this. Why not? Yeah, not to mention HBO gives you a platform where you don't necessarily have to censor what you would want to include. And um, I think the Batman versus Superman Ultimate Edition, which is another 
Snyder cut, but for Batman vs. Superman, I've heard is better than Batman vs. Superman, which is it's a fine move. I don't know. Batman vs. Superman has its flaws and it has its cool moments. Um, but do you think it'll be good? Like, do you think the Snyder Cut will be good? I think it will be better. However, yeah. who's to say good? T- I, too early to tell. Too let's, early. Let's not sit here and say that, like, Zack Snyder is some amazing director. Like, I think he's talented with his visuals. He's made some fun movies. But it's not like as if, you know, Spielberg or Scorsese were to go and, you know, like, add more to their previous movies. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, they're different filmmakers, but I do agree with you. I think it will be better. Yeah. And that's what what you essentially want. And this is something you couldn't do in theaters. So I think it's a great platform. I think it's really cool. Bam, give us the Snyder Cut. 2021 is when it's scheduled to come out. So it's a bit of time. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's go. go, dude. Then give us a Sam yeah. Raimi Spider-Man 4 cut. We know oh. we know it's out there. It's floating. Give the We people- know the script is out there. Yeah. John Malkovich, give us the vulture. <sighs> Love Do you that. imagine? Love that. Also, side note, speaking of John Malkovich, he's in Space Force. I've been watching Space Force, the new Steve Carell thing on Netflix. Not good. Not funny. Kind of a bummer. Yikes. That's a bummer. Very I, weird I like, John, I like John Malkovich and uh, Steve Carell. Do do? Um, yeah. Other movie news. Tenet, another trailer released. Yes, on Fortnite. Yeah. Do you know anyone that still plays Fortnite? Nope. nope. Is it even in like our age range? Like, are we the demographic? No, for Fortnite? no, no, nope. I think a lot of people, okay. a lot of my friends are playing uh, Call of Duty right now. Blackout, the <laughs> your, battle royale. Your nose were so quick. Just nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, no. Like, I played Fortnite. It's fine, but it's not mm-hmm. my cup of tea. My, yeah, my cup yeah. of tea is. Um, a guy named Master Chief. That's my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Your cup of tea doesn't involve um, twelve dollar uh, in-game buyouts just to be able to do a, a, a Drake dance. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that was kind of an interesting marketing tool there. Why did they do it? I don't understand. I think. I think the. I think it should have been Call of Duty. I think it should have been like, oh. hey, because that goes hand in hand. I agree. It kind of has like that kind of grittiness to it. It has that gritty. Does not have exactly. I would have been like, "Hey, Call of Duty, um, download this patch for a map pack, and you get a free trailer." I don't know. Do Do you know how they do that? Do you know how they're able to debut the trailer in a live video game? I don't know how that works. Uh, I don't know if you do. I don't know. I know they've done like Travis Scott concerts on Witchcraft. (laughs) Witchcraft. Illuminati. That's what's going on here. <laughs> That's the answer. Um, but the trailer, it kind of kind of gives more into what's going on. I don't still really get what's going on, but Yeah. Um it's at, at, time backward but forward. Yeah, and that's my thing, like I like the first trailer. I just feel like you'd I like movies, and I've talked about this before. We've talked about this before. I like movies yes. that are a little bit more vague with their trailers. And I, yeah. f- I feel like Tenet is, has done a good job with that so far. And I just yeah. wanted to stay that way. Like, I yes. still cannot get over Spider-Man Homecoming, new Spider-Man movie, and all of a sudden it shows the fairy splitting in half. And you're like, oh, how is Spider-Man going to get out of this? And it shows Iron Man coming in to help. It's like, <laughs> okay, thanks for giving thanks us. Thanks for a, saving me 12 bucks. Thanks for giving me a big spoiler in the trailer. <laughs> and, then it, and, it, and then it gives a plot away that he has to take the, takes the suit away. It's like, come on. Come on. Or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. 
Thank goodness for that trailer, though. It saved a lot of people. Well, maybe not a lot of people because that movie still made like a billion dollars. Everyone went and saw it. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, that's that's that with movie news. And hopefully things start opening up soon. Uh, fingers crossed. So, yeah, we would love. Because the Tenet trailer left it kind of vague as coming to theaters. Yeah. There are many sites that still confirm that July 17th is its release date. But doesn't seem to have an official word from Tenet. Yeah. That, that is the release date. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see when movie theaters start opening yeah. up because boy, I miss them. And I, oh, you know, I, I would There's, even, I would even go sit in the 80 degree movie theater <laughs> and I would just hot box baby. Just give me those seats. Like have my, I would have go my, sit. have my sweat just stick into the leather as I get up just to know <laughs> that I am there. <laughs> Just leaving a body sweaty imprint, like when you're at the gym using a machine oh, after sweating so long. I hate when people people wipe your machines. <laughs> gosh dang it! Even before, or, even BC before coronavirus, I would <laughs> when people wouldn't wipe their machines. It's just like, come on. Oh, I you know what? I would even sit in a theater with that dude that was sitting next to us during Transformers the last night. Shoot sandals off, just feet out. I'd sit by. If the theater was filled with dudes like that, but I still got to see Tenet, I'm there. Oh, 100%. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just put some cologne yeah. over me, over my lip so I can smell that yeah. in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyways. Put that popcorn next to your face. I'm ready to get into the nitty gritty. Anything else, Keeks? No, I think that's it. That was it. Damn. I don't know. If I think about it, I'll say it. Kay. I don't know. <laughs> so we have. Oh, oh, yes. I do remember. Okay. We actually did put a poll out for the sweets. To ask, you know, if the movie theater was open and available for you guys to go see Tenet when it comes out. And um, it was pretty overwhelming. About 85% of you said that you would still go to the theaters um, when Tenet comes out. So we're with you. I'm with you. I think July, July 1st, there is a movie with Russell Clarot slated to come out. And um, I think that's going to be kind of a testing ground to see if people will go back. I think yeah. they will. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Love that. DC um, nitty gritty time though, baby. Oh, it's nitty gritty. I think you said time. it best. Okay, so IMDb, we are doing two fifteen through two eleven. Uh, we're gonna just go down from the top to the bottom. Uh, I'll read this off just real quick, and then we'll give our takes. You guys know the drill. So, mm-hmm. um, do you want me to read it out first? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. first. perfect. So, two fifteen is Logan, and then two fourteen is the Passion of Joan of Arc. Two thirteen is Rush. Two twelve is Ben Hur. And then lastly, 211 is Platoon. So let's start up with Logan at number 215 IMDb. This was released in 2017, directed by James Mangold, starring my boy, my beloved, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Mm. uh, Stephen Merchant, and Daphne King. And Keeks, I remember this movie coming out in 2017 March. I was hyped because... I've always wanted a Wolverine movie that was that didn't really hold back. That was yes. a little bit nitty-gritty. Let's just say that. And <laughs> I thought Logan and James Mangle, what was great about Logan, it was just the farewell tour for Hugh Jackman. It was Oh, last, that's a great way to put it. It was his last movie. He stated it. We all knew it. James Mangold. Was uh, it his last dance? Uh, I hate my thing right. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Clearly his last dance. <laughs> uh, man, I love this. 
I love this movie. I, I just, I thought Hugh Jackman poured his heart and soul into this and sweet movie Morsel. He dehydrated himself roughly 48 hours at times just so he can be fleshed out and jacked. It was the most, he said it was oh the most God. excruciating movie he's had to train for. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cool, but. Yeah. yeah. So the plot Dang. is a sick and aging Wolverine. He's essentially living in a mutantless world, and he has to help this young mutant girl escape to freedom um, with the last with the last help of the remaining mutants, Doctor Xavier and Tracker Caliban. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously, while escaping, they come in contact with a corporation who wants all of them dead. I thought this movie was well written, well acted. Keeks, what did you think about Logan? So. Um, <laughs> I've got a great story behind the first time I saw Logan. Um, very similar to your story with Toy Story 4, even though I don't resent Logan for uh, the car troubles that I experienced. I was in Idaho <laughs> visiting a girl who I, um, were we dating? Yeah, we were dating. Yeah, we were dating. And I was driving back from Idaho. My car blew up, basically. Long story short, I was able to somehow track my way back to Boise and spend time with my buddy. And the whole next day, we just hung out with him and his roommates, and we saw Logan. Um, and I wasn't very high on it when I left. I thought it was fine, but I think uh, there was a lot of hype around it, and I was really hyped. So now being able to see it again in its own like little sphere, um, I really enjoyed it. But there are points in the second act where it really drags. And it doesn't feel like it's really necessary. Like, the part with the family, I understand, because... You know, Logan has to, you know, come to grips and same with the other mutants, you know, Dr. Xavier, that like they're not really safe anywhere. And even when they're not safe, even when they're not trying to use their powers, people die around them. And I understand that that's something that is is a good theme to show. Um, I just wish that in some points it would have been a little just the editing would have been a little chop, a little bit more refined, a little shorter or, or even just help the flow of the movie. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on the second act. I felt like that drag just a little bit. I was like, where are they going with this? They meet this family who are very sweet, invite them in, and that was tragic. What happened to them? Holy moly. Mm-hmm. That was Yo, shouts out to the dad that. though, just ramming X twenty four into that Sheesh. I don't know what that thing was. <laughs> it's like um, a tractor? I don't know what it is. Yeah, something. Some Dodge Dodge um, Dodge. What, what I think is really great though is right off the bat the movie establishes the fact that Logan is a vulnerable yeah. protagonist. Sure. He has weaknesses and we like that in our characters. Another thing that I think I'll criticize it a little bit for is the villain is 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 just really there's there's not like a big motivation for the villain. It's just like we just want to kill all the mutants. There's not really like an underlying motive for that. They just want them all dead. Yeah. Um Which yeah, it's yeah. Well, I loved the action. I loved the acting. I thought Daphne Keene was great. Yeah. That was her first role. I thought she was perfect as, is it X-23? Yes. Yeah. So just kind of like the mini Wolverine. And I remember when she, she walks out with that head oh, of the mercenary. There are some I was like, holy moly. Um, just throws it over. Yeah. I was like, holy mm-hmm. sheesh. So... I personally love Logan because I love Wolverine. He's one of my favorite superheroes, and I think he has a lot of complexities to to him. Mm-hmm. He's a kind of, you know, a grueling man, and um, he's been through a lot, especially with Jean Grey 
he feels yeah. know, responsible. He alludes to that too. Is like, and he's essentially like also an experiment. Um, but adding the claws in. And so I really like Wolverine's story, and I thought James Mangle did a good job. I'm going to give Logan an A. When I walked out of it, I was like, holy moly. And I actually, when I first started growing my beard, fun, sweet, <laughs> movie morsel of TC, uh, my boss, Tannerland, who was obviously on the pod last take, he said, you should cut your, cut your beard off after Logan. And I did, because it was a good ride, but it needed to go. Oh. So... That was back in 2016 and 2017. Good times. Got the beard now. It's great. So I love Logan. I agree with you about the second act kind of drags, but I loved the third act and mm-hmm. the send off for James, excuse me, for Hugh Jackman. Two things that I think are great about this movie. One, the trailer that we first got for it. Yes. With Johnny Cash. Hurt. Oh my, that's a top five all time trailer. I agree. I agree. That tra- I, I really, I really believe that it's great. Two, possibly one of the best final scenes to a movie of all time. What a perfect send off for this character, and a love letter to just. I mean, X Men. That X Men franchise, while it did have some lows, X Two is amazing. Days of Future Past is great. Um, first, uh, what is it? The uh, First Class is great. Um, and even X1, really fun. So, yeah, um, a rare example where the third movie in the franchise is the best. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What, okay. what grade are you getting that, giving it? Um, I give it an A-. minus. I, I, I could probably bump it a little down to the B+, plus just because I think the second act is really slow. But I keep with the A-, minus because I think the third cool. act really sticks the landing. You yeah. go. Let's and go. And you will find out. A uh, little, little key into our top ten of the IMDb Suite 250 Mine has been adjusted quite a bit, so and I think yours has too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, moving on to number 214 is The Passion of Joan of Arc, which is directed in 1928 by Carl Theodore Dreyer, which stars Rene John Falconetti and Antonine Artois. It is a reenactment of the trial of Joan of Arc by the English for claiming that she was on a mission from God. And what I think is really interesting about this movie is kind of what we said is these were the actual court documents from her trial reenacted a sweet movie morsel is they constructed a historically accurate prison of where she was most likely tried in for the film to film in and the director called for the actors to have no makeup and together with the cinematographer they worked together to focus on the lighting of the room to cast shadows on the faces of the actors to better emote maybe which side they were more for. So if you notice, Joan of Arc has a very smooth, light-looking face, and the men accusing her are kind of darker, a little bit more ragged-looking. And I really think it shows well for the movie. Now, it is a completely silent film that's about an hour and a half long, and the score is very jarring. Do you notice how it was like, really constant throughout the movie. Yeah. And I get it because you don't like, so basically there, you obviously can't hear them talking and that only brings up like captions like you've seen in silent movies about what they're saying. But sometimes you'll see the people's lips moving and it's in French and I don't speak French. So I don't know what the frick they're saying unless there's a, a subtitle there with another subtitle underneath it explaining what's being said in the trial. Uh, what yeah. did you and think what, about that's, the passion of Joan of Arc? For a 1928 film, and it obviously a silent film, I just I think it's interesting that they would like throw up this the slides 
before kind of the dialogue and then they'd like let you know what's kind mm-hmm. of going on. Um, yeah. Obviously the face-ups are great. I thought the facial expressions for Joan look pretty good. I mean, that's kind of a yeah. interesting detail, but you know, you can see her face a lot of times, you know, lighting up. Um, but it's, it's an interesting watch. It's different, but I think it's an important watch as well. Overall, I think okay. I'll give yeah. it like a, a B. It drags a little bit, an hour and a half, you know, a little bit long. So, yeah. I'm going to check to make sure what I gave it. I just want to double check. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was not very kind to this one. Um, I, I've also noticed, so before a lot of these foreign films, you, there's there's a, it's the production company Janus Films. And in my notes, I have Janus Films walked so A24 could run. Because <laughs> Janus Films has just produced all of these obscure, like, foreign films and now you've got a24 that's doing very similar stuff with more like i think united states films um the camera work is really great for 1928 they actually the film the french film society had uh the footage basically um uh enhanced and kind of like yeah enhanced for the modern day and i think that it looks really really great um but my grade for it I have it as a C plus just because honestly, it was a really slow watch for me at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. And for an hour and a half, it felt longer than like Logan. Um, it's uh, Logan for me is sweet. Joan of Arc for me is sour. Very sour. Very sour. Yeah. And it's on HBO Max, so go check it. it. Is. Go check yeah. it. Go check it out. Uh, the reason I like giving a B just because it was 1928. Like, think that's about, true. You know, I'll bump it up to a B minus. Think about that. Like 1928 for a film like this. Like, sure. Like, I could probably make some film like this today, but this is essentially almost 100 years later. We're, it we're looks talking 92. Really great. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm giving it a B minus. Actually, cool. now that I'm looking at it, I'm gonna have to readjust Sway my the ball, baby. a little bit. But. <laughs> Okay, I know where I'm going to put it. I know where I'm going to put it. Um, Yeah, Passion of Joan of Arc, a very interesting watch, especially since the fact this was the court transcript, and to see these people accuse Joan, it's very telling for our day of um, just, like, justice, like the criminal justice system. Yeah. So, interesting watch. Yeah. Um, 213, go for it. Number 213, released in 2013, kind of fun, is the... (laughs) Is the movie Rush. This movie, which I really love the title Rush, just a one word, just conveys what yes. the movie's about. Um, but anyway. Which, to go back to what I said earlier, all of these titles are like one word except for The Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah, which is I great. couldn't get we my mind more off movie of titles that. like that. We do. <sighs> I love that. So Rush Super is directed great. by Ron Howard, starring Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhal. Uh, did I pronounce Bruhl. that wrong? Bruhl. 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 Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. He's in uh, Inglorious Bastards, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. Great in every movie. Yeah, he's actually a really good actor. He kind of plays a menacing just jerk. Yeah. He does that really well. And Chris Hemsworth was perfect for this role. Anyway, the story of two racers in the mid-1970s who were just rivals in the Formula One Racing League based on, obviously, true story, true events. Um, James Hunt going up against Nick Lauda. And, man, I thought this movie, what I really liked about this movie was the style. It had a lot of style. Oh! It had a lot of style to it. It had a lot of flair. Um, a bit over the top. 
at times, but I thought it was mm-hmm. great. It had a little bit of Ford versus Ferrari feel to it, you know, based on a true story with racing. I mean, duh. Um, yeah. But I really like Chris Hemsworth. I thought Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Brule were perfect for their roles and Nick Lauda and James Hunt. Like, Chris Hemsworth is just that cocky guy that thinks he can get every girl and, and all of that. Like, he which plays, he does. Yeah, which he does. Like, he plays James Hunt perfectly in this film. Mm-hmm. I thought the editing, editing was great. The The story was awesome. I really actually enjoyed this movie, and I'm it was a really fun watch and crazy yeah. about what happens to Nick Lauda there uh, in the third act. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. the, the, the makeup on that. Ugh. So I don't oh, want to give too man. many spoilers away. However, I really like this movie. Uh, I'll give you my grade after you talk about it, Keeks, but what were what were your thoughts? Okay, so um, I, I think I think naturally what I did was I compared it to Ford versus Ferrari just because they're two racing movies. Sure. And um, for me, if you were to take the aspects of Rush that worked really well, which I think are the characters, I think these two characters are so compelling. They give you reasons to dislike them and to like them all at the same time, yep. which I think really elevates the movie. The character work actually um, – the the writer Peter Morgan said that the movie was written as a spec script. So sweet movie morsel for everyone. A spec script is generally written to be shopped around to studios, and it's not tied with like a contract maybe with another studio to be written and made into a movie. So a lot of writers, when they're starting out, they have spec scripts so that they can show them off to other studios to, you know, kind of basically show them their resume. So Peter Morgan wrote the movie with the idea of it being more character focused and really didn't have many racing scenes in it just because he wasn't sure what the budget of the movie was going to be. And I think that's where it really shines. Um, for me, I, I, some aspects of the style, it seems very saturated in some scenes and some of the racing scenes, which, um, I would say Ford versus Ferrari technically is really great. Like the racing scenes are very tight. Um, they're not very jittery. Um, and that's what I really loved about Ford versus Ferrari. So you take the technical aspect of Ford versus Ferrari, you take the characters of Rush, and I think you've got a perfect racing film. And for me, um, I give the movie a B plus because I think, I think the stylistic choices for me is actually what kind of took me out of the movie. The, 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 um, There'll be a lot of like uh, blurred images and the cam will be really shaky a lot of the time. And then with the like, I don't know, increased saturation of the image, it was just really jarring for all of those things at once. And um, a B plus. I do think it's sweet, though. I think it's a great movie. And I think Ford versus Ferrari TC. I told you earlier, you might be surprised at what I say. I think Ford versus Ferrari is slightly better. Wow. Are you changing your grade a little bit for Ford versus Ferrari? No, huh? It's a B plus still, but okay, <laughs> it's cool. I, I still uh, think it's. I mean, I still gave Ford versus Ferrari a good grade. I, I I just don't love it. Yeah, I think technically though, it's great. Sure, sure, and that's um, yeah, yeah. I love that. You know, you gotta you gotta like what you like. So yes, <laughs> no, I liked Rush, and I thought the runtime was perfect. It's about two hours three minutes, and I literally liked what you said. It's the that the actors, the characters, you love to hate. Like Nick Lauda, yes. I did not like him. And then I started liking him. Yes, and, exactly. And, James, and that's what I love James Hunt, what happens in a movie. Yeah, James Hunt, I initially liked at the get-go because he just was this cocky, go-lucky guy and really likable. And then there's some scenes where I was like, man, you're an entitled jerk. Like, you're talented, yeah. of course, 
So I thought that they conveyed the characters really well. I'm going to give this movie an A minus. Oh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed also the the rivalry that they had. They they loved yeah. each other, but they also respected each other and resented each other. It was a mixed bag of emotions, and I loved the banter that they had. Anytime Nick would win, uh, I love that. I love that comment that uh, James Hunt said. He was just like, "You feel that breeze? That's me coming down your neck." <laughs> <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> That's actually something that Nikki Lauda mentioned. He said that they took a lot of liberties with the with the rivalry, kind of but other than that, when he saw the movie, he loved it. They they had to put like a um, an implant into Daniel Bruhl's mouth to make him look like Nikki Lauda, and he does. Wow. Oh yeah, um, yeah, his teeth. Yeah, actually, the really sad part is um, what's his name? Uh, James Hunt. Passed, is that his name? Passed James away Hunt? in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, from a heart attack. Yeah. So sad, but Nikki Lauda said that he would have loved the movie as well. So I think that's a I think that's huge. Is if the stars of your movie sure. that they're based on love what you've done with the story exactly. And obviously you're gonna you? you're gonna fluff a little bit. So of course, Rush was great. Hey, remember the Titans, uh, <laughs> the king of fluff. Oh yeah, I give it a sweet Sheesh. Rush. Yes, I do too. Very sweet. Anyways, onward. It is. I had to pay to watch it. Did you pay to watch it? Uh, no. What? It's on HBO Max. Oh, that's right. That's where I saw it. That's where I saw it. Nope, I did. You're right. I saw it on HBO Max. Come on. Come on. Which was formerly HBO. I watched it like a month ago. Yeah. No, a few weeks ago. But anyways, uh, and actually, shouts out to Eat Sleep Movie Repeat on Instagram. They This is one of their favorite movies of all time. So, uh, yeah, I can see why. I think the character stuff was great. Yeah, love that. Okay. Um, 212, Ben-Hur. It's my turn, right? It is. It's my turn. It is. Oh. Ben-Hur, um, from 2016, a remake of the 1959... Cl- <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> nope. Definitely not the 2016 one. Um, Ben-Hur, directed in 19... Or it came out in 1959, directed by William Wyler, starring Charlton Heston, Jack Hawkins, Haya Hararit, and Stephen Boyd, is a story of a Jewish prince named Judah Ben-Hur, who is betrayed by his Roman best friend for... Um, and becomes a slave, and then it follows Ben-Hur's life and journey back to greatness, detailing his kindness to his enemies along the way. And strangely enough, Jesus Christ is involved in a lot of this yeah, movie. Especially, which, toward, like, especially towards the end. Which is really weird. That was kind of, it didn't take me out of the movie, but I always thought it was kind of weird to see him in the movie. I didn't know about that, so that's just why I thought it was like, oh, yeah. oh it's Jesus. Hello. Uh, yeah. Um, can I just chime in? Of course. Ben Hur is a watch. Yes. Wow. 1959 is three hours and a half long. Mm-hmm. And for the time coming out of 1959, this should be higher on IMDb. Yes. Like it is. Dude, the chariot racing scene. Are, those are sweet. Those are really cool. That I love. And again, just the betrayal, Mesela against uh, Judah, you know, Ben Hur. Man, mm-hmm. so Ben Hur is a great watch. This is a th- this didn't need to be remade in 2016. I never saw the 2016 one. Um, it's not even like two hours long. How do you take a three and a half hour movie and make it less time? Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember watching Ben Hur years ago, and I rewatched just some scenes just to kind of uh, gather some bearings for this. But man, it is a watch. I'm pretty sure I watched it in high school for like a history class. The stunts in this yeah. are crazy. It looks and it looks crazy. And it looks good for the time being. The acting is great. Um, just the flow is good. 
So the story, the story. I mean, is Ben Hur slaps there? I said it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it does. It is on HBO Max as well. Yes. Um, so let's let's get some actually, movie morsels here. I've I've got so one of the sweet movie morsels I read was kind of a joke. Is um they said at the time William Wyler said that it took a Jew to make a good movie about about Jesus Christ. Oh gosh, which I thought was really funny. Um and um another sweet movie morsel is it was nominated for twelve Oscars and it won eleven Oscars, which has tied Titanic and one of your favorite movies of all time, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Love that. It won for That's Best great. Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Sound, Best Editing, Best Special Effects, and Best Score, which, dude, the score in this is crazy. The production design of this movie for 19, it was probably made in like 57, was insane. Yeah. No, the score. Absolutely insane. The scope of this movie is crazy. Yeah. And I, actually. Uh, what's up? Keep going. They, they, so they wanted to film the movie in Tunisia, and then the government found out that it was kind of like a Christian film, and they wouldn't let them film there. So they filmed a lot of the desert scenes in Spain. Ah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great yep. movie morsels. Yeah, it was it was stacked. Eleven Oscars. Yeah. Ugh. Do you think that's do you think that was I think it's warranted oh, for the time. 100 percent warranted. I mean 1950. If that comes out now. And and what's you, what's crazy is the three and a half hour runtime, it doesn't really fill three and a half hours. It actually flows really well. And hats off to movies yeah. that have that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. So yes, hats off. I, I will say I do feel like sometimes it drags, but that's because it's like six movies in one movie. It's like literally like the definition of an epic. And that I'm going to say it again: the chariot race, like the the grittiness of the chariot race. Watching some of it, I'm like, I think that's a dummy. That um, I don't know if that's an actual person. <laughs> like, um, and Mesela, just it's just, wild. He got what he deserved. Oh, I agree. Yeah, he, he was trying to cheat a little bit with putting those, you know, those nice blades what on the it, side. A, a, Greek, a Greek carriage is, I think, what they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like when F, they have the little spikes on the wheels. Just get out of here, man. Just take a... No. You deserve... Take it out. You deserve... Key him up. Get him out. Um, all right. Well, Ben-Hur is a great watch starring on HBO Max. Everyone, go see it if you haven't. Definitely. Yeah. So on to 211. Right, last one. This is it. This is it. This has been... Fl- Let's go. This has been fluid. Uh, this is... The movie Platoon. Wow, this is this is a this is a kind of a rough watch. I think this is a heavy watch, yeah. man. So this was released in 1986, directed by Oliver Stone, starring Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, and William Dafoe. Uh, and this Platoon tells the story of a young man and his first encounters while fighting in Vietnam, and how blurred the lines of good and evil can be on the battlefront. Uh, I mean, it's very very evident about that um yeah so this was nominated for eight oscars it won four and this is sweet movie morsel this is based on the actual experiences that the director oliver stone had fighting in the vietnam war so keeks i watched this um yeah just like a month or so ago i think maybe i watched Mm -hmm. it in january or something like that i remember you telling me when you watched it i was i was like whoa i needed like five minutes just to kind of decompress after watching this. <laughs> so true. So you just recently watched it. What did you think? Um, I think, I think you kind of said it's super heavy. 
I mean, there's a, it really shows, Charlie Sheen's character is very much like the audience, where you kind of follow him and yeah. see Tom Berenger's approach to how war should be. And you see Willem Dafoe's character's approach on how war should be. And it's, like we said, it, the lines are very blurred, and it shows, like, the tagline of, um, of this movie is, Innocence is the first casualty of war. And there's some really hard stuff to watch in this movie. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, de- it depicts the My Lai massacre in the mm-hmm. platoon, which is, whoa. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it it, it kind of keeps it a little bit grounded of what it really was. However, like that, yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Like the psychological warfare that can be played on soldiers, especially in True. some of the trench warfare and the jungle warfare of Vietnam. So this is a good, well-written movie, well-directed, well-acted. You feel like you're there. And I mm-hmm. heard Apocalypse Now is very similar in kind of that tone, which we have not gotten to yet, which is on on the IMDb 250. And so yes. forgot to mention that this one, best picture, this one, best director, best sound, and best editing, which I feel like are warranted uh, for the yes. time of 1986. I'm going to give Platoon, this is an A. I think it, man, it goes between sweet and sour for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see this being really sour. A little sweet and sour chicken. Sure, yeah, this can be. Kind of the perfect blend. Yeah, oh, we love a good sweet and sour sauce. Oh, I do, I love it. This is very sweet if if you want to see well done acting, well done directing, and a movie that can make you feel a little bit torn. Yeah, and Sergeant Barnes and Sergeant Elias. Elias is played by William Defoe, and Sergeant Barnes is played by Tom Berenger. Do a good job depicting, as you mentioned, Sergeant Barnes is kind of, you know, the devil, so to speak, Satan. A lot of his actions are like it's my way or the highway, and William Defoe's character is almost, in essence, we just talked about, you know, Ben Hur. Like it's kind of like Jesus Christ is the savior of being like this is good, this is how it should be done, this is how it should be handled. And I thought that was depicted very well on screen and also through the script. I'm going to get Platoon at an A, as I mentioned, sweet and sour. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will find this movie very sour. Uh, maybe they won't like it. However, I think a lot of people should could see it very being very sweet. So I think you should watch it. Yes. Um, yeah. I had to double check my grade. I also, I think I originally gave it an A minus, but I give the movie an A. What I think is really great is um, a lot of the times in the movies, it's it's great to have character foils. So for character foil is like you said, like Willem Dafoe is this good natured, like well, um, good heart, mean, well kind of guy. And then his foil is Lieutenant Barnes. Who's the exact opposite opposite, who like Ward kind of gives him his motivation and his drive as a person. Whereas peace is what drives Willem Dafoe. And I think that, that, that dynamic is really great. And also to see Charlie Sheen's character grow into, he was like a, a student at Cal Berkeley or something. And he dropped out so that he could go fight in the war. And you get to see how like to touch on this, I think it's really important is it, it seems like a very privileged background. And he thought, Oh, like I'll go out and I'll help the people in the war. And he gets there and he realizes that all of the people around him don't have the same luxuries that he has. They're in the war for different reasons. They're in the war not because they want to, but because they're kind of forced into it. And I think that's really relevant for today of everything that's going on. Is It's important to realize that um, there are different levels of what we're 
of what we're blessed to have mm-hmm. and to be able to recognize those blessings that you have and not necessarily dive into something immediately, but to learn to understand what you're blessed with is really important to do. Yeah. So um, I think Platoon, it's an A. It's sweet. I think it's a really important watch for everyone. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's great to like reflect and yeah, see what you got. And, mm-hmm. and also, and, yeah, Platoon. really quick. The tension is really great in a lot of those scenes, like when they're going through the abandoned campsite. Oliver Stone does a great job directing tension with many of the scenes. Yeah, and you're able to see the followers that follow Tom Berenger's character as well as the followers that follow the William Defoe's, the peace versus discomfort that are mm-hmm. displayed on the screen. So, yeah, Platoon is really, really good. So, yes, what do we got next for 210? Through 206. Do you I have that up? I updated it. My guy. I updated it today for 210 through 206. We have at 210 is Million Dollar Baby, which I'm super hyped to see. Um, 209 is Into the Wild. 208 is The Wages of Fear. 207 is Stand By Me. And then 206 is the movie Network. So um, right off the bat, Stand By Me. Um I'm really excited to watch. Cool. Uh, I've heard same with Million Dollar Baby. I've heard good things about Into the Wild. Never have seen it. Yes. So I am. My interest is peaked. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. And Million Dollar Baby, I have not seen since roughly when it came out. I remember watching it with my family, and yeah, I was like, "Woo, bar stool." Uh, kind of a spoiler. I've never seen it. Okay. I don't. Need, I think I've heard little like spoilers for it, but I don't even know. So um yeah uh, cool. uh, well, I'm I didn't give away crushed. Yeah, I don't give away anything. Uh, I don't think I did. Um anyways, I you. need to give it a rewatch. So that's yeah. that. Are we going to give our top 10? Our new up top 10? Yeah, I'm going to Are I'm, you going to go all the going all the way to the bottom of the top? I'm going all the way bottom of the top. Uh I'm just going to go through it really really quick. Uh number from 40 to number 11, we've got The Legend of 1900, Winter Sleep, Gangs of Wasapur, The 400 Blows, The White Heat, Rebecca, Cholet, Rong de Basanti, It Happened One Night, Ace in the Hole, The Passion of Joan of Arc, Andre Rublev, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, Throne of Blood, Before Sunset, The Help, Dead Poet Society, End of Evangelion, The Handmaiden, Lagan, Rush, In the Mood for Blood, uh, Monsters Inc., The Red Shoes, Princess Bride, Amores Perros, Hotel Rwanda, Aladdin, The Battle of Algiers, and Ben Hur. Nice. Wait, Ben Hur is. Oh, that's. Okay, that's your 11. I yes. thought that was one. I was like, what? Lahine? How oh, now? Laen? Laen? Okay. I'll go through mine. As we all know, I will always state this Neon Genesis. <laughs> End of Evangelion. The hand- I hate that you hate I it. Know, but it's okay. You know, there we go. Neon Genesis, Handmaiden, Legend of 1900, Passion of Joan of Arc. <laughs> Actually, no, that needs to go up higher. But, anyways, Winter Sleep, <laughs> The White Heat. <laughs> oh. like, uh, it okay. happened one night. Rebecca, Gangs of Wasapur, Ace in the Hole, The 400 Blows, Cholet, Rain de la Basante. I love saying that. The Red Shoes, Andre Rublev. Before Sunset, In the Mood for Love, Throne of Blood, Lagan, The Help, La N, Dead Poet Society, Akira, Battle of Algiers, Amores Perros, Aladdin, Hotel Rwanda, Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows Part 2, Ben-Hur, Ooh. Platoon, Guardians of, whoop, yeah, Platoon at 11. Oh, okay. Oh, Platoon just barely didn't make yours. Wow. Okay, um, my number 10 is Guardians of the Galaxy, which I have at an A-. minus. Um, it almost got replaced by Ben-Hur, but um, Oof. yeah. Uh, my number 10 my is number 10. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, oh, nice. Okay, number 9 for me is Logan. Cool. My number 9 is Rush. Oh, number 8 is Platoon. 
Number eight for me is Spotlight. Okay, number seven, Infernal Affairs. Seven is Monsters, Inc. Okay, six is Spotlight. Six is The Princess Bride for me. Perfect. Number five is Rocky. Mm, Number five is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. My number four, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. My number four is Infernal Affairs. Great. Number three is Terminator. Ooh, three is Logan for me. It's high up there, man. Yeah, I thought that'd be pretty okay. Number two for me is Akira. Okay, two is the Terminator. Got it. Number one, Lion. Number one for me, Rocky. Okay, that has been our IMDb 250, our challenge and search for the true number one of the IMDb 250 rankings. Um, As another side note, we update this list every month of of the rankings. So there are some movies that we will not review just because the rankings change so often. But we are doing our best. This is our best way to do it. Now, TC, next week, what we have... A very special announcement next week. Yeah. That we are very excited for. We, am I and TC Am I gonna say it? Um You say it. I don't know. You say it. No, you say it. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well we got people, we got some merch. We do. And we and it looks good. And not only does it look good, but we want it to look good on you because we know it will look good on you. And so we are in the works of getting a little website up. We would love for you guys to support us because you guys have been supporting us with listens, with um, engaging with us on social media. That's why we do it. We have a lot of fun just meeting new people. Well, we haven't met them personally yet in person, but we've met a lot of people, a lot of sweet people that love film that come in all different walks of life. And we want to just give out to the people. And this is merch. And um, yeah, so that will be out on a website soon. Please Support us. We know you will, and we're excited. And I, I think this comes from both me and TC. When the, the idea of when we first started the Sweet Film Talk was we wanted it to be a safe place where people could talk about movies that they love. Our slogan is like what you like. It always has been that, and it always will be like that. Additionally, dislike what you dislike. Um, we've put yep. a lot of our own money into this, and to be able to just, you know, start – Start being able to do more that we want to do with our brand of Sweet Film Talk. The merch is a huge way that you guys can support us with doing that. We have black t-shirts and maroon t-shirts that are embroidered with our logo on the front. We will put pictures up. Additionally, we have dad caps with our logo on the front as well, Sweet Film Talk. The support means the world to us. We are so excited to bring this to you. And we have a huge announcement in addition to this, that we might be making next week, we hope if we can nail it down. If not, that will be coming to you just as soon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the merch looks great. It feels great. And the maroon, whoo, maroon is, the maroon looks good. I really like the maroon. Black's a staple with the Sweet Film Talk. Yeah. I mean, that's our logo. Um, do not dry clean the shirts. Or do not, do not, <laughs> do not dry your, in the washer. Yeah, make sure if you, if you do dry, we'll, we'll let you guys know when you purchase it yes. and get one. But, Low heat, if not air dry only, or let that puppy just stand. So, yeah, they look good. We're excited, and we just love the sweets. We hope everybody has a wonderful summer. Expect Take 87 next week will be something uh, special that we're looking forward to. 
And hopefully, hopefully, if not, we'll we'll figure out a good little segment that we'll do out that we'll do. But anyways, that's our our plan B has been romantic comedies. Yes. Or rom coms. Yes. That is our plan B if plan A does not turn yeah, out. Exactly. And anyways, that was IMDB 215 through 211. Go check them out. Go try out your free trial of HBO Max. It'll be worth it, especially if you're looking for a new vast way to watch movies and some new material and movies to watch. Anyways, Keeks, I love you. I appreciate you. And anything else? DC, we, I could not do this without you. Without you, without Jives, we couldn't do any of this. But more importantly, we could not do it without the support of our suites. We are so excited for you guys to see our merch that we've been working on all throughout the quarantine. Yeah, it's been we've spent hours trying to figure all this out, and we just can't wait for you guys to have it to rock our merch, merch to support you boys, the suites. Um, and till next time, TC. Till next time, stay sweet, sweet, sweet.